You're listening to Kicked Back presented by Betway, and we're just going to get straight into this recap of the Champions League semifinal between Real Madrid and Manchester City, or should I say slaughter of Real Madrid by Manchester City. And the game just finished, honestly, 20 minutes ago, and I'm still here like, did that really just happen? And did the defending European champions just get owned like that by Manchester City Brett was on the show today. Boys, how do you feel? I'm heartbroken. Yeah, Brett, I'll let you go first. Yeah, I am. Uh, I was messaging in our uh, one of our the 90th minute group chats uh, how upset I was because this is not at all a the type of game I expected Real Madrid to have, but B. City's that much closer to having that treble and just just winning and proving everybody right basically that money can buy you these titles and everything that Manchester United could have possibly had on City is about to just wash away but I will say that Holland did confirm my biases but I think Chelsea proves that money can't buy you titles. Yeah. But I think City deserves a lot of credit because it's not just big time money players. It's also Pep and yeah. how he's built this team. And I think that this is where City deserves so much freaking credit. This has been a team in the building for so many years now. And he has now added in all these missing puzzle pieces like Erling Holland to this team and Kevin De Bruyne and Gundogan and, you know, Bernardo Silva. Oh my goodness. What a performance from him today. You know, Kyle Walker, just, uh, you could go through the whole Grealish. Grealish is such a disruptor. You just add all of these pieces to the Man City puzzle and you got to tip your hat to Pep Guardiola because he's built, he's built such a powerhouse that it made Real Madrid who's won the Champions League 14 times, who won it last year, look like they, I mean, they generated what, like one good chance. And I, and I don't even think Benzema kind of even got on the end of that. Like it, it was all city today. It was so bad. It, it, it like Real Madrid today, Benzema was uh, 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 invisible. At one yes. point, I think he switched positions to the wing, which I had no idea why. Uh, then they brought in Rudiger for Modric, which I, I understand you were able to push up Camavinga, but Bernardo absolutely diced Camavinga. And you mentioned Graylish. I think that was, we talked last time about in, in the first leg about Graylish versus Carvajal, Graylish won. Graylish went out there and proved why he was that 100 million or however much he ended up go- going for. He went out there and proved it in a big game. And, and that is why City is in the final. It's those guys, like you mentioned, Caroline, that uh, Pep brought in that are now coming out here and proving why they were worth their price. Um, I'm kind of on the opposite end of the spectrum compared to Brett. I, I really thoroughly enjoyed the way Manchester City played that game, especially in the first half. It was just enjoyable football, the way they were dominant, the way they were defending, the way they were passing. It was just so clean and perfect. And that's honestly it was Pep Guardiola masterclass. Even the way they mm-hmm. defended Vinicius Jr., I found. And there was one point, I think, around the 38th minute where they had four guys surrounding Vinicius, not giving him any space to kind of 
do his technical work, which he's able to do. You know, sometimes Vinicius, if you're not careful, he's very good one on one with Manchester City. They understood, you know what? We know we need to find a way to kind of isolate Vinicius. And that's really what they did. And by doing that, they didn't allow many chances. And also, in that first half of show, the Tony Cruz, who you know, had an absolute missile that hit the bar, like I, I really, I'm really wondering, did we see the last Champions League games from Modric and Cruz? Well, I think that they signed an extension um, with Real Madrid, so I don't know if it's the last, but I wonder if it's kind of like. Oh, it's tough to say, right? Because they're now they're entering that like what we would consider the older generation, and and I like Modric today to me didn't have like a prime Modric performance. Cruz, you know, I agree, uh, was he had that crazy shot, but it's still like usually these guys are are memorable on the pitch. And then I just think the only memorable people on the field today were <laughs> were City players, like and Courtois. I think if it weren't for Courtois today, City would have won like eight nothing. Oh, Courtois, just every single match goes out there and big match goes out there and proves why he is the best goalkeeper in the world. I mean, the saves that he had were class uh, some of them I uh, there were no chance that he could have gotten a hand on them unless he was Thibaut Courtois yeah I, I do feel like this match wasn't on his shoulders like it's it's not a friendly scoreline by any means but honestly any of those four goals can you really fault Courtois not really so yeah I think just consistently he goes out there and proves that he is the best goalkeeper in the world hands down and it's a pretty big crown to be taking off of his head here no it's crazy I I agree with you Brett I I I think Holland could have easily had a hat trick today with those two headers and then even that that kind of like shot that he had that Courtois ended up saving like uh, Courtois is probably one of the only goalies who can who can kind of stop Holland like that three times and yeah there's only so much he could have done like I just feel like from the from the opening whistle City was down Real Madrid's throat and I was like okay like Real Madrid's gonna contain and and City's eventually gonna drop off like how long can they carry this on for but it was 90 minutes of like pure a pure clinic from city. And I don't think real Madrid could handle it. It was just, uh, I wanted real Madrid to win. Cause I love real Madrid. It's just such a legacy club and I love Carlo Ancelotti. So I'd love to see it, but watching that game full, full credit to what Manchester city just did. Cause it was just pure domination. And it, it's not like pure domination. And I don't mean this disrespectfully. It wasn't like pure domination against an inter, where, you know, you might expect that this was pure domination against Real Madrid, which I think, you know, is in a league of their own. And holy shit, like we just saw a crazy game. Does this kind of worry you for Real Madrid in the future, I guess, and kind of even enter as well for for the final like this Man City team? is legit. And I'm sitting here wondering if Real Madrid just didn't know what time the match started, or if this was just an absolute city masterclass from start to finish, which it was absolutely. But is this at the fault of Real Madrid or is this because city is so damn good? I think it's just city's just so damn good right now. They're like the most informed team in Europe at the moment. So, I mean, I think Real Madrid could have played a bit better, created 
more chances, but at the same time, the way City was moving that ball, possessing, I, I the commentators were mentioning, it's like, you got to be frustrated if you're Real Madrid because you just can't touch the ball right now. Yeah, I agree with Waz. And I'm not really worried because, you know, obviously there's the rumors that Jude Bellingham is going to go to Real Madrid. They, they're, The rumors are, which is crazy, either City or Real Madrid want to pick up Alfonso Davies. Like they have these young players on their radar, which I think they need. Like I just spoke to Modric and Cruz. Like obviously these guys are now heading into what we would consider the older generation. I do think that's where, you know, Real Madrid needs a little bit of youth. But, you know, they have too many, you know, they, they've got these young guys. I'm not worried about them, but I definitely think they they're not the the top club in Europe. It, it's clear that the top club in Europe is a fully balanced and lethal Manchester City team from top to bottom. Mm-hmm. This might be a hot take. Uh, maybe not even a hot take. I'm not going to make a take here, but how can you incorporate Julian Alvarez more in this side for Real or for uh, Manchester City? He is, I think, one of the best players, not only in the Premier League or on Manchester City, but potentially even in Europe right now. And he comes in here for 15 minutes, however long he came in, yep. if that, maybe five. And score uh, almost immediately he uh, i was seeing the lineup that they put out in the first leg and i sat there and went how can you not put alvarez in there but then you see the the performances of bernardo silva you're not going to put him in over erling holland and jack Grealish proved again how good he was how can you incorporate how good this bench is too into a final when i guess even pep and the team is saying oh we're kind of tired and it doesn't look like they're tired at all it's ridiculous i i don't even know really it's tough because holland's 22 i think julian alvarez is 23 and then if you like wanted to play him on the right side maybe i mean bernardo silva's only 28 jack Grealish is 27 right like there's so many talented players that it's, it's incredible. And maybe for Julian Alvarez, he kind of understands his role and he kind of just wants to be a part of this winning side and helping any way he can. And mm-hmm. like, let's say a, a Holland does get injured. He can easily slot up up front. Yeah, I just checked Alvarez's goals goals right now for City. He's at eight, and and I I, I might just be in the Premier League. Hold on. Um, well, either or, he has eight goals, and I I just find it impressive that he's able to do that in a position where he's probably most oftentimes and not coming off the bench, and that's it. He understands his role right now. That might not be his role year in year out for City, but in this season since he's been acquired, you know that's his role. And I just think again, it's such. Kudos to Pep for building this team and the depth of this team that you can put a Julian Alvarez onto the pitch in a semifinal match in the Champions League against Real Madrid and he gets you another one, right? Like it just goes to show you the depth, the team, the strategy, just the beast that is Manchester City. And I I bet for Julian Alvarez, who had such a great World Cup, it might be a little frustrating that he's not getting as much minutes as, as he may want, but you got to trust the process and Pep knows what he's doing, right? Like you, you look at the, you, you look at man city starting 11 and you know that every guy out there is doing, is doing their role 
for this team to win a game. Like I, I can't say anything bad about anyone that was on the field today. I really can't. Absolutely. Uh, and uh, looking at that Julian Alvarez stats. Yeah. The scary thing is, is that is only in the premier league and yeah. he's only played uh, over just over a thousand minutes while there over you go. 1200 minutes. He has 16 goals in all competitions so far. And he scores a goal every 145 minutes. So basically uh, every game and a half almost. So that is very impressive for a guy who also taking a look at these numbers has been in the starting 11, 31% of the time in the premier league and in the champions league, 36% of the time, like right. when he's coming on, he's having an influence. And that's where I think Pep is such a genius because if you're able, not everyone can come off of the bench and have an impact on the game so quickly, right? Like that's, that's a very hard thing to do. And if Alvarez is doing that for Pep, why would, would pet mess with that magic magic. Do you know what I mean? Like he's such a spark player and he's able to contribute when he's coming off of the bench. He didn't have a lot of time today and look, he scored against Real Madrid. So I just think that, you know, again, it speaks to the depth of, of city and it speaks to the genius of pep. 100%. Um, okay. Well, okay. Gonna... I, have a, I have a question for you guys. Okay. Do you think Carlo Ancelotti, my goat, <laughs> No slander on this podcast about Don Carlo, but do you think he fumbled the ball by not starting Rudiger? I think so. I, I think that was a weird decision considering how well he played against Holland in the first leg. I don't really know that something, was there any reports on why he didn't play? Like why it makes no sense to me. So I think it's just because Militao was able to play today and, and he's done really, really Militao's done really well for Real Madrid. There's a lot of R's there, there that I'm trying yeah. to get out. Um, and I think that now that he was available, Ancelotti put him back in the starting 11, but you know, it was interesting. Rio Ferdinand said on a broadcast prior to the game that in that first leg between the two teams, he says he's never seen anyone shut down Holland the way Rudiger did. And we spoke to that on kicked back, right? Like was, you were mentioning how well, you know, the reason why Holland quote unquote may have ghosted that game wasn't because Holland ghosted. It might've been because Rudiger did so well. So, you know, Rio Ferdinand said that if Real Madrid lose today, it's going to be on Ancelotti for not starting Rudiger. And then obviously we saw at the end of the game, unfortunately Militao had an own goal, the storylines, but I wanted to know what you guys think if, yeah, you know, Rudiger should have had that look after that first leg performance. A hundred percent. And I thought the exact same thing when I, I, I didn't even notice that he wasn't in the lineup until I watched him come in. And I went, how, how is he not in this match? And you probably noticed it even more after realizing that he wasn't in there because Holland was a little bit more noticeable in this match. He just didn't finish his opportunities, especially early in the match and in the first half. And if, Real Madrid has a better start defensively or at least preventing any type of offensive magic or offensive momentum for uh, Man City. This might be a different game. This might be a different conversation we're having. And that probably starts with the fact that Rudiger in the first leg, when they talk about playing in the shadow of a player, that is beyond what Rudiger was. He was the shadow of Erling Holland in the first leg. And you didn't have that in, in this leg and you see and a massive, massive scoreline. So yeah, I, I was very shocked by that and kind of disappointed that uh, we weren't able to see that. 
Um, yeah, and the first leg, Erling Holland only had um, 0.26 uh, expected goals, only two shots, both on target. He won two out of three aerial duels. And if I quickly get to the stats of his game today without Rudiger on the pitch, um, he had 1.16 uh, expected goals. Uh, he had three out of four shots and his uh, aerial duels, two out of three. So kind of similar to the same. He was just able to create more chances and his rating also was a 7.2 today while it was like under six, uh, under seven in the first leg. So uh, things, yeah, Erling Holland had a much better game compared to the first leg with Rudiger not on the pitch for most of the game. Yeah, it's tough. I don't think it's all on Carlo and I'm not just saying that because I love him, but like defensively, I obviously think Real Madrid could have been better, but also offensively, right? Like just the mm-hmm. whole, yeah, they didn't, they, they didn't have any type of, imminent chance or threat on net. Do you know what I mean? Like not what we're normally used to seeing with aside from Tony Cruz um, or cross. I know everyone pronounces his last name differently. I just call him big Tony because it's easier. (laughs) Um, But like that was, you know, that crossbar. And then maybe even like I said, that ball through to Benzema that he didn't really get on the end of, I think it was just a whole team performance. Like Rudiger, maybe he would have added a little bit more. Maybe he wouldn't have. I think it's easy to say after the game based off of like Militao scoring that own goal, but it sucks for Rudiger because he did so well in that first leg that it probably would have been great to see him again here on the second leg. Do I think it would have made that big of a difference? I don't because I just think City was on another level today. And, yeah. Uh, Good. I was just going to say it just it very well. I think if it's it was very noticeable from the start of the game that Real Madrid was out of it. Yes. Or at least Man City was on a different level. And I think maybe and again, this is a full of hypotheticals that if you were able to get a guy like Rudiger or whoever to, to step up defensively on guys like Holland on uh, uh, Bernardo Silva, because Camavinga didn't do the same job he did in the first leg and same with Carvajal on, on Graylish too. I think if they were able to defensively be a little bit more sound in the first 15 minutes, it's a different match. Yeah. And I feel like city's fans were the 12th man, like the mm. man city's fans today were nuts. Like they were so loud. Anytime Real Madrid touched the ball, they'd whistle. Uh, I just feel like, <laughs> you know, how we were talking about on the first leg on kicked back. We were saying how intimidating it must go into Real Madrid's house. And like you're inside the mm-hmm. quote unquote King of the champions League's house right now. You're on their pitch, their territory. I feel like Real Madrid must've felt intimidated today being inside the the ad a hundred percent a hundred percent um we are uh, i'm gonna start this the same way i did last time we are 18 minutes 19 minutes into uh this podcast and we've brought up erling holland but we haven't really talked about his game and i think there's a reason why i think he did not finish and have the game that he wanted to was he much more influential in this game than he was in the first leg a hundred percent However, I still think he needs to finish those chances so much so that especially when it it, it was 2-0 still in the second half, he gets that beautiful opportunity and he rings it off the bar. If Real Madrid turns around and scores one goal immediately after, it's a totally different match. He had the opportunity to put this game away. And who was it that put this game away? None other than his teammate from Borussia Dortmund while he was there 
Manuel Ikanji. So, and this might be me trying again to confirm my bias, but is this still a big game? Big. Let's let's talk about maybe just the 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 semifinal in general. How do you feel that Holland performed in this semifinal? I thought he played fine in the in the, the semifinal. Like he, he created some chances, and I think if if City lost the game and the leg, it would be a bigger discussion. But the fact that they're uh, moving on to the next round, I think uh, you know we'll see. Does if he scores in the, in the Champions League final, you know, some well, maybe that plays into the conversation a bit more. I think he played well too. I mean, again, if, if it was anyone else in net, he would have walked away with a hat trick today. <laughs> like Courtois made big time saves on him. Uh, and he's, I think he did well. Uh, and this isn't just me having bias towards him. I mean, he had moments. It would have been better if he scored, but there were also big time saves from Courtois and yeah. Would have it been better if he scored? Sure. But it's not like he just ghosted. He, he was active. He was a threat. You know, Holland does a lot of things on the pitch that force other players out of position, you know, force an intimidation factor. Like I'm sure half of Ancelotti's game plan with Real Madrid was how to stop Holland. That's why a lot of people are talking about Rudiger right now, right? Like, should he have started? Should he not have started because of Holland, right? Like this is what Holland does for his opponents. And again, I think he was, he was, he had good looks today. It's just, it wasn't his day. Not every single day is going to be Erling Holland's day. I think he's due for a goal for sure, but you'll probably see it in the biggest moment of the champions league. Maybe when city need it most against inter. Yeah. Just me trying to make myself feel better after all the comments from last week, but that's okay. Don't worry. (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. Of course. Um, But now let's, uh, maybe we can shift to the uh, final that will be ahead against enter. Talked a lot about the the strength of Italy recently. And now that we've seen the uh, champions of Germany, not be able to take down uh, Manchester city. We've seen now Real Madrid and Spain, not be able to take down, Manchester City and now it comes down to well Italy and uh, enter to take down Manchester City let's be broad here initially can enter take down Manchester City selling a little or a lot Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Um, that's really difficult. As I say, I don't know. I, I think it's very clear that Manchester City is the best team in the world right now. And I enter, I mean, they've, they've done extremely well to get to this point, but like, it's really tough to say, um, if they can, it'd be fantastic. I think for, I would love to see it. I'm not going to deny and sit here. It's like, Oh, I would love to see Inter win the champions. League. Like you, you never want to see the best team win it. I think you're always going to root for the underdog. If you're a neutral, right? Like it's, um, I'm, I want to go Inter, but it's, it's going to be difficult. I, I don't even know how 
much like it will be an exciting game like i'll have to look at interest results because i don't even know if they've really been blown out in like any matches this year i think uh obviously we've said this a hundred times on this podcast city is the best team in europe right now but i think it's going to be a lot closer and tougher than what people are anticipating i think inter from what i've seen especially in their games against milan they're tough, man. Yeah. And they've got tough players. Mikatarian, Brozovic, uh, you know, Jekko. These are guys, uh, Barella. Th- these guys, like, eat dirt when they play. They play with passion. They play with heart. They're tough. Like, they're just, I don't know, I get very, like, hardworking, gritty players from Inter. And Lukaku, when he came onto the pitch, I, I think that it's City's the better team. But I do think that there's going to be a little bit of a battle on the field um, where maybe we didn't see as much of it from Real Madrid. Like, I didn't see a lot of battle from Real Madrid. I didn't see a lot of, like, I'm going to eat mm-hmm. shit today, where I feel like Inter is going to, like, give them a little bit of a harder time. So we'll see. Yeah. And s- sorry, Brett. Uh, you know, Inter, the last time they suffered, like, even back to back defeats was all the way kind of in November when they lost to Bayern 2 0. And then they lost to Juventus 2 0. Ever since then, you know, they ha- there's been a loss here and there, but like, they haven't really been dominated, I think, on the scoreline. I-, I, have- I haven't really watched them on the pitch, but I do agree with Caroline. I kind of, they have that-, that gritty mentality. Like, they'll take on anyone. They have mm-hmm. that-, that, that, you know, strong mentality. And, the next game actually here is against Napoli. So it'll be interesting to see how they line up against the champions of Italy. And I mean, I don't know how much, how if Napoli is going to really put their best ever considering they've uh, secured the title. Right. So I really like that though. I, I, I love the, the eat dirt, eat shit type mentality. Cause I that it's so it's exactly how you win, but the opposite of that or the exact same, but mm-hmm. is you hate to lose. And I think this is a, a side that does hate to lose and enter. And they went out there against who is their mortal rivals essentially in yeah. uh, AC Milan and, and handled them fine. I think they are walking in with a little more swagger than people expect them to. And I think another guy who we need to talk about is Bastoni too. Who's been fantastic for them. I think he's one of those players who loves to eat dirt and, and and go in there and win at any or with any or by any means is where I'm going with that. Um, and Wazi, I'll toss this to you too. There's the Manchester United aspect too yeah. in this uh, final too, right? Yeah, it's really strange because Manchester United supporters are very against Man City winning the treble to the point where I saw somebody post earlier, you know, Inter's got to save football. They've got to save football. And I'm like, that's a stretch. I don't, I don't think Manchester City winning the treble would ruin football. And like, it's kind of, I, I guess, hypocritical to say because I think United fans, if you these Qatari owners, the Saudi owners at Manchester City, are like, oh, look how much they've spent. Yet Manchester United fans are desperate for the Qatari owners to buy the club, right? Like, it's, it's. I, I understand you don't. You don't want your rival to win. Even United supporters were like this when Liverpool won the Champions League. Premier League. They, they just, they just can't stand it. But at the same time, I think you need to focus on your own club. Like Manchester <laughs> United. Manchester United has not won much in a long time, and that's their own fault. 
See where I, I was more that. going. Where I was more going with that was the uh, uh, three former United players who are on Inter Milan now. Yeah, that can also help, quote unquote, save football, including Lukaku too, who's been having as much as everybody wants to well, talk about uh, yeah, Lukaku. He's been sorry, having Brett. a good Champions League. No, you're sorry. good. It's funny how United fans want Lukaku to stop <laughs> City from winning, even though they absolutely shit on Lukaku at the tail of end, end of his career at United. So all of a sudden, you're like, come on, Ramu, let's go. You can do it. You can beat City. But you called him a donkey at the end of his time at United. Yeah, we were saying that, Brett, on the last episode of Kicked Back, that Lukaku, I think it, the stat was in 12 games, he has seven goals, four assists. And wow. obviously he came onto the pitch against AC Milan in that second leg, and, and he was the reason why, you know, Martinez, another guy who will work hard and, and, and eat dirt, you know, scored that goal. I just think Inter... You can't sleep on this team. And they're also entering a Champions League final for the first time since 2010. And the last time they were there, they won it all. So it's just like this perfect storm brewing storylines for both teams. And man, like I'm the biggest AC Milan fan. I absolutely hate Inter, but I'm I'm not going to lie. It would be very cool to see an Italian team win the Champions League. And like imagine disrupt this city team. You never know. And I believe that Inter team was also considered underdogs at the time. They were considered the best in Europe. They had um, a lot of veterans on that squad. I remember someone saying like that team really was just a bunch of players who never won the Champions League before, but they're kind of at the tail end of their careers as well. Like it was just kind of like almost a last dance for that Inter side to win a, the Champions League and they did it. That's what Mourinho does, baby. Yeah, and uh, Latar Martinez currently has uh, 25 uh, goals and assists together throughout this campaign, so he'll be one to watch in that final. I'm, um, I'm, I'm so excited to see an English and an Italian team yeah. play. Like, I, it's, I always feel like it's like yeah. England and Spain, like Real Madrid and and you know an English. Like, I'm excited to see an Italian team in the final. Like, Serie A football. Uh, a team that's top three in the table in Serie A, which is Inter, and versus City, who's this powerhouse in in Europe, and and what Inter can do because you know Inter, who's coached by a very very good coach, you know that they saw the game today, you know that they're going to have a game plan, you know that they're going to put like their grittiest players, you know, to 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 defend this City side. It's just a matter if they're going to be able to keep up with them. But if they're able to, we've got a game. And uh, the last time uh, to an English side and an Italian side met was 0607 and AC Milan won. So, and also I'm just looking at this. Uh, the last time we had an Italian final in the Champions League, I believe, was 0203 Juventus Milan, which apparently was the worst Champions League final history <laughs> in history because <laughs> Milan won 3 2 in penalties at Old Trafford. Uh, at Old Trafford. <laughs> nice. So random. So random. But just keep bringing up different United facts. Um, yeah. What do you think, Brett? What do you think, Brett? Do you think, what do you think with City Inter? I I think City is just so good. And I I do, I want to have trust in Inter. And I I think they're a good side. Obviously, you're not, you don't luck into the Champions League final. Um, I just think City is just so good. They're so well coached. They're, They're all ready to finally break that barrier of winning the Champions League. I think it'd be such a, almost a failure for City to not win the Champions League this year with how good 
that they've been. So uh, I, I, I have to go with City, unfortunately, with this. But totally. Uh, I mean, that I feel like it's everybody. But I also want to yeah. say, like, I pointed, you know, I tipped my cat to City fans today because I feel like they were the twelfth man. Wait till you see what Inter fans are like at Sancido. Like, oh no, because this is in Istanbul. Yeah. Yeah. Damn. Never mind. My brain just died there. But oh man, that would have been crazy. They can still be like they can still absolutely take over Istanbul, though. Yeah, it's true. It just would have been epic to see them at Sancido. Oh, oh that would have been insane. Yeah. That would have um, been crazy. I, I want to talk about some players from or, or at least kind of relate back to the World Cup a little bit. Now that the season is basically nearing the end and we're f- heading to the Champions League final here, a couple of names that were very prevalent during the World Cup and some who didn't even play in the World Cup are playing in this Champions League final. And the three that really come to my mind is Lataro Martinez, who didn't have a great World Cup, Romelu Lukaku, who also didn't have a great World Cup, and Erling Holland, who didn't play in the World Cup. But this is kind of what we were looking at when it comes to Erling Holland missing the World Cup. Is that well? He He's probably going to be doing just fine and he's going to be healthy and ready to go. I bring up Lataro and Lukaku because, again, they didn't have great World Cups and that doesn't mean that you can't perform and be successful where Lataro Martinez in the final had his best game of the World Cup. Is this now that we're nearing the end of the busiest season and and, and most packed season, I guess, for a lot of players now that we're seeing the, the fruits of said labor here, I guess the real question I'm trying to ask here is how much of an impact do you think the world cup had on these players here when two of them weren't that great in the world cup and one didn't even play in the world cup. Hmm. Good. Good. <laughs> That's I'll I answer. I'll you. answer this. I'll answer this from like a player perspective. I, I think that when your schedule is super, super packed, it's very, very hard in terms of fatigue and injury to stay, you know, at your prime level. Yeah. But I always, always, always said when I played, I'd rather have too much in my schedule than not enough. Holland is a super human cheat code. We've talked about it so many times on this podcast. He could be at the World Cup or not, and he's still going to excel. Like, obviously, he's breaking records and he wasn't at the World Cup. But I also think like for Martinez, for example, where he got a lot of criticism in Qatar, you know, it's just been a jam-packed schedule. He had a lot on his plate. He didn't probably perform the way he wanted to at the World Cup, but he's still going, right? Like he's still in stride. He's still finding his form. And and, and I think he's been killing it with Inter, right? Like he's a guy that I'm like, yo, you're on your you're on the wrong Milan. Come to AC Milan. <laughs> Get away from Inter. So it, it's tough sometimes when you have too much on your plate. Sometimes it's better when you have less, but I always preferred more. But also in a season that's so packed with games and tournaments and opportunities like it's okay for people Mm -hmm. and players to kind of have a slump like we saw Lewandowski have a slump and Mm -hmm. all the Barca fans were down his throat because they're like he hasn't scored a goal in this amount of games I'm like he's the leading goal scorer in La Liga like what do you guys want from him like he's still leading the league in goals he just came back from a world cup he's probably tired give him like two weeks rest give him some time to adjust it's not easy to adjust from club to international back to club 
from World Cup to Champions League, like these are all different stakes, different teams, different managers, different styles of football. Players need to be given a little bit more grace. Yeah, really like that. Yeah, hundred percent. I think that's a really good point too. Is like players slump, and I think, and I'm certainly guilty of it too. But I, I think we tend to forget that it, it, that oh, these are professionals. These are players. They should always be playing up to the the standards that I expect them to be playing up to. But again, their slumps are obviously human, and you're going to see slumps at certain times even if that is underneath the biggest microscope of the season right so uh yeah i think that's a really sobering reality that people need to to remember as well yeah yeah i mean they're human at the end of the day and of course i always say you can hold these big superstars to high expectations i always think about neymar and mbappe and messi Mm -hmm. at psg PSG fans are allowed to feel like, hey, these guys are superstars and they should be doing so much better than what we saw in the first and second leg of the Champions League versus Bayern Munich, right? This story is like a repeating story for PSG. But at the end of the day, right, like they are also human. Maybe Neymar's battling an injury, which we saw his ankle was like the size of a globe at the World Cup. Do you know what I mean? Like Mbappe can't do everything on his own. Messi can't do everything on his own. Maybe they have stuff going on. That's why you can like hold players to a high expectation, but I think that there's a fine line with them being disrespected. Like I do think that Neymar and Messi were heavily disrespected by PSG fans. So it's just kind of like this, this fine line of being like, man, I wish you know, this player did better today. I think, you know, I wish Rashford had a better game uh, versus like Rashford sucks. He's the worst player in the entire world. I can't believe it. Right. Like there's just such a fine line. So many prisoners of the moment. Yes, exactly. Like sometimes football fans can get like, I feel for Lewandowski because I'm like Barcelona fans were so quick to be like, get out of our club. And I'm like, He's your leading goal scorer. Yeah. How are you going to replace like, that? Yeah, what are you, you like, going to sign? Yeah. I'm like, what do you want? I'm like, that's probably the reason why you guys managed to stay at the top of the I table just, and now win La Liga. <laughs> especially in world football, you're, there's like a very low supply of top strikers who can score like Lewandowski. I mean, you have Aussie men. Yes. Then who do you have? Right. Like Lukaku, maybe? Like, I just, yeah. Um, yeah, these, these type of strikers are very sought out and it's extremely hard to find. And so I early Holland, you know, Manchester City really wanted. They needed a striker who can consistently score. And um, clearly they didn't really need him to score today. But it's always good to have that uh, striker up front. And you know, look at Benzema, like, you know, he, he's so important to Real Madrid because he can score a lot of goals. Yeah, That's why Manchester United, in my opinion, have struggled. Uh, well, not struggle, but like could, if they had a more... Uh, powerful goal scorer, they would probably be higher on the table, I think. Bringing up Manchester United once again. <laughs> yeah, uh, but, uh, any Anything to make us feel better about not being in the Champions League final, but I can't believe that we're already at the Champions League final of this yeah. season. Uh, Even though we just talked about how busy the the schedule was, the World Cup, all these domestic leagues, the Nations League, the CONCACAF, everything that we've dealt with and went through so far, the finish line is in sight. I'm curious to what the final score will be in the Champions League final, because for the last couple of years, the Champions League final have been, they've all been clean sheets uh, since 2018, 19. Uh, it started with a 2-0 Liverpool win, then Bayern won 1-0, then Chelsea won 1-0, and then Real Madrid won 1-0 last year. 
So I'm curious if we'll have like a one-one, like like we'll be able to a tighter game. It's it'll probably be a low-scoring game. That's how usually these finals go. And so I'm so curious to see. I also like yeah. want to point out that we're one step closer from. I know you United fans don't want to hear this, but potentially City winning the trouble, and that would that would have to freaking mean Erling Holland wins the Ballon d'Or. Yeah, I think he asked it. Be- and if he doesn't, it's just like. I already like low key in my gut know that the Ballon d'Or is rigged, but like it <laughs> confirms that it is absolutely a back job. And, no, and it, sorry, sorry, Caroline. It's okay <laughs> because I love how you say that, but there's always you know there's everyone's saying how it's gonna be still gonna be messy regardless. If it's it, mes- if, if, it's if, always listen, gonna be messy. If <laughs> if City win the treble and Holland doesn't win the Ballon d'Or, I don't care anymore. I will not speak of the Ballon d'Or because I'm oh. going to say this: this award is just corrupt, and I don't really. It, it's yeah. like lost all of its prestige. I I lost all respect for it when Lewandowski lost. Yes, it. I so did I, too. I, I I have more respect for the FIFA award. You know, the FIFA Best Award. Is there any bias going on between uh, the two of you and Lewandowski? I don't know, but um, no, that's every anyone <laughs> oh, like like yeah. even like uh, I always say Leva was robbed once or twice, and people yeah. say twice is a stretch, but once for sure. Yeah, I think so. A hundred percent. No, a hundred percent. Um, my question would be if what if he got second? Like Holland? Second, yeah, and they won the treble. And yeah, and they won the no, treble. I, I just, I won't even talk about it. Like I, all I will say is that it's rigged. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a, it's a shitty award. I'll be honest. <laughs> Popularity contest. Essentially. If, 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 if city win the prem, the champions league, the FA cup and Holland broke the records that he did in the champions league in the prem and, and had this monstrous debut season in the premier league with city and he doesn't freaking get the Ballon d'Or. Nah. I'm out. I'm out. And no one talks to me about the Ballon d'Or because like I said, I washed my hands. It lost all of its prestige. Yeah. No, hundred mm-hmm. percent. And yeah, that's, that's oh, so far. I can't even believe that the, the conversation could still be that it's messy, but obviously that he, he had a fantastic season last, last year, but that's the thing is that it happened last year. So no one, and no one, and I never want to discredit Messi because I think no. obviously his performance at the World Cup, I was so blown away by him and winning the World Cup's a big deal. And obviously he was MVP. But I, I mean, I don't want to be rude, but like, has he done a lot with PSG? Like, can you know what I mean? Holland not going to the World Cup wasn't because Holland decided I'm not going to the World Cup, right? Like, that's where I think the Ballon d'Or, we spoke about this, needs to kind of change a little bit because some players, it's not, you know, in their ability to to go and play international football if their country's not qualifying. So yeah. that's where they need to take a step back and be like, okay, Holland deserves this. hundred <laughs> percent. Which would be wild because he's 22 years old. So mm-hmm. <laughs> who's the youngest player to ever win the Ballon d'Or? Oh, uh, now we're dumping trivia on us. Youngest, Ooh. Oh, Prescott, I guess. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to Google it, but uh, probably Messi or Ronaldo. Uh, Ronaldo, it was Ronaldo, the OG Ronaldo, OG Ronaldo when he 21. in 1997, 21 years and 92 days. 
crazy. That's in, that makes me also feel old because I watched Ronaldo play as well. Oh, I love the OG Ronaldo. Oh, absolutely. Ronaldo. I had, uh, I was talking to somebody recently about all the, the old Brazilian players. And that was one of the players that we obviously gushed over, but yeah. Ballon mm. d'Or winner, baby. <laughs> the player for for me yes true yeah. um for me the player i always gushed over was ronaldinho and kaka like yeah. kaka, you guys know but ronaldinho for me like when i watched him do stuff on the field i'm like whoa oh absolutely. this guy was born with a ball yeah. i would yeah. I remember him on like the fifa covers and i'd be so excited to go home and watch him or play him on fifa and stuff like that and we'd go to like home sense and i'd show people look at yeah. ronaldinho, ronaldinho and these people wouldn't care i think the shame about ronaldinho was just his prime was so short it felt like it, it was kind of like you know from 2005 to 2009 maybe like maybe a little earlier but even in 2002 to be honest he was actually really good for that brazilian national team so um it's just yeah it's um yeah you wanted more mm -hmm. i agree i agree all right boys anything else you want to talk about i think that's all right when's the champions league final i think june 10th june 10th wow okay so we're less than a month away let's do a recap <laughs> yes. Book, book you guys in for a Sunday League Pundits kicked back presented by yeah. Betway Recap. Let's do that because it's going to be, I think, like we said, it's going to be closer than we think, but I could be wrong. I was wrong about Real Madrid City today. So <laughs> who knows? Who knows what we're in for? Weren't we all? Weren't we all? Thanks everyone for listening and watching, and we will be back soon, I'm sure. Bye.